This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to What's the Score, a series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida small business and entrepreneurs, donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. And now, here's Christopher Hart, Rich Jekyll, and Lucy Valido. Hello again, and welcome to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business and execute it to perfection. And yes, we do have Mr. Perfect, the award-winning, not the only award-winning, but the award-winning Rich Jekyll with us today. How are you doing, Rich? Hello, Christopher Hart and Soul. <laughs> of course, Rich is a great volunteer at SCORE, as is the other award winner we have. You can call them the dynamic duo at SCORE. Of course, I'm talking oh, about yeah. Lucy Polito. How you doing, Lucy? I am terrific. All right. And how about you, Chris? Doing well, doing well. Thanks so much. And once again, we've got another great show lined up for you today, and thank you for tuning in. And SCORE is a great organization. They've been busy as can be, though. That's amazing, and that's a really great sign. I see you nodding your head, Lucy. Still busy? Yeah. Yes, I, I was uh, on duty yesterday, and I was very busy. I tried uh, to share my work with Rich, but of course, you know, he that had didn't work. an excuse of some sort. <laughs> yeah. Well, and are you still getting a lot of inquiries about starting new businesses, Rich? Yeah, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, not a lot of starting, but I think more, Lucy, correct me if what you're hearing too, but uh, how to use the money, and I think I said this before, but uh, there's some confusion as to uh, do they qualify, how do they use it, are they using it correctly, and right now, the big thing is marketing, marketing their business. How do I get out there and market to new folks and uh, and get back to my existing people? Is that what you're dealing with too, Lucy? No, not really. I've been getting more of new businesses, and and I was yesterday. I had a gentleman who apparently has quite a bit of money and is ready to make an investment, a fairly large investment, I might add, in Sanford, which kind of surprised me. But and then I had other people who are very much getting into technology things that they hadn't done before. So it's been very interesting. I, I haven't I haven't encountered anybody, anybody who wants to know more about the PPP plan or their money and that kind of stuff. I guess they know Rich, so he's he's rich, so therefore he <laughs> has money and he knows what to do with right. it. I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I know what to do with their money. <laughs> well, what, what about, have you gotten any uh, inquiries from people wanting to start like contracting businesses because the housing market is, and I see apartments going up all over the place. All over. Yeah, no, I, the uh, business that the gentleman wanted to start or wants to start is really a commercial. Uh, he, he's got the land and he wants to uh, open up a restaurant in, in the bottom, again, the first floor and the second floor would be utilized for something else. But that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I referred him to our expert in construction, and he took it over. So I'm sure he'll do well. All right. All right. And, of course, this is just an example of what SCORE offers, ladies and gentlemen. That is advice, mentorship, and just, you know, all the ins and outs of how to start and run a business. And SCORE has been around over 50 years now, five dozen volunteers in the Orlando area. And uh, let me see, how many hundreds a dozen would that be for nationwide? Over 17,000 now volunteers, Rich, nationwide? Yeah, I can't can't cipher that quick, buddy. Yeah, but it is. To figure out how many dozen. uh, There's about 19,000 volunteers nationwide. Wow, the number keeps growing, and that's fantastic. And you can take advantage of what SCORE has to offer. The best thing to do is give them a call and or go to their website, sign up for the newsletter, and see what's going on. And, by the way, the website is orlando.score.org, orlando.score.org. It's an excellent newsletter and really gives you a flavor of what SCORE does because they're always doing something. And 407-420-4844 is the phone number for SCORE, 407-420-4844. And who knows, Lucy might even answer the phone, right, Lucy? Yes, and I'm really 
uh, looking forward to uh, some of those phone calls because some of them are very interesting. Look, she's getting one right now. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> All right. So once again, the number 407-420-4844. And all of those 19,000 volunteers, and they're all volunteers at SCORE, which is a nationwide nonprofit organization. And how much does it cost again, Rich, if you if you take advantage of it? A big F word. And I'm sorry to our guests today, but I got to say it. It's all free. Oh, dudes. boy. Yeah, all freeds out there do that. All right. So all you have to do is go to the website, call them on the phone, or you can follow and like them on Facebook, too. And you'll find out you'll see some advantages to that. That's Score Orlando on Facebook, Score Orlando on Facebook. And we haven't even begun to talk about the great educational programs that Score has going on all the time every week. Uh, several times a week, they have educational offerings. They still do it in the Coffee with a Leader presentation, which you can take advantage of. These are webinars. And if you can't see them live, participate live, you can go to the website where they are all now archived. And that archive is building up quick. And don't forget, this radio show is also archived there as well. And they make it really easy to find your way around and take advantage of what you're looking for. And so, yeah, yeah. go ahead, Rich. I was going to say kudos to our our ladies, our administrative staff that actually handle the newsletter and especially to Robin, who handles this show and programming guests, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, She does so much for us and she doesn't get a lot of thanks out of us. Well, she sure should. But that's a fact. She does a great job. Lucy, you wanted to say something. Well, yeah, uh, again, kudos to those ladies that work with us because they work harder sometimes than rich for sure but aside from that just want to mention that you know our seminars for the balance of the year are going to be free and again i want to encourage anyone who is thinking about starting a business or who currently has a business and could use one of the many webinars that we're offering take advantage of it now free is a great opportunity Uh, so please do yep All right. So all of this, once again, is provided by SCORE, a nationwide nonprofit organization. If you would like to be a volunteer yourself at SCORE or if you'd like to make donations or be a sponsor, you can go to Orlando.score.org, Orlando.score.org. And they also have a national website, which is SCORE.org, SCORE.org. And SCORE is always reaching into the community to assist other organizations and uh, and welcome the assistance that they get from them. And it can be individuals or organizations, which brings us to our guest today. She's been on the show before. You might know her as the HR lady. So I'd like to welcome back to the show, Wendy Sellers. How you doing, Wendy? I'm living the dream. How are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm living us. the dream if you're talking to us. Uh, that's right. <laughs> gotta be. Gotta be. Well, you know, we got a lot of new <laughs> listeners out there. Uh, since you've been on the show last, so you know the routine. How about give everybody a, a real quick brief who you are, where you came from, that sort of thing. Sure. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm Wendy Sellers. I'm the HR lady. That is uh, the name of my business, the HR lady LLC. And um, I actually have two trademarks on it as well. So guess what I do? I do HR. I do HR consulting um, for all size companies. Many of my companies, my clients, they don't have HR. So they're too small to have HR and they, they need help. Um, some of them I just help, you know, get set up and running and teach them how to do it on their own until they're going to be big enough to either need a clerk or an admin or, or myself. Okay. Some other ones I'm, I'm there all the time because they don't have HR and um, HR is where, <laughs> uh, well, where the costs are. <laughs> well, tell, tell, I want you to tell everybody how you got to this point, how you got to have your own business and how you became the HR lady. Sure. So how did I get here? Uh, lots of trials and tribulations. I think I just got burnt out in the corporate world, um, you know, after probably the last uh, economic downturn and, and made some changes, uh, not necessarily by choice and, and um, worked for a company that didn't necessarily treat their people well. And I almost left HR because I said, I can't do this anymore. I just can't, I can't keep doing this. 
And I said, all right, let me try one more time and become a consultant. And now I get to choose who I'm working for, who I'm working with, and I won't work with people that are jerks. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess yeah. that leaves you out, Rich, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just said, see ya. Yeah, okay. Uh, so the, but the reason I wanted you to mention that, because you, it was, as you said, it was turn, during another time of economic turmoil that you started your own business, correct? Yeah, it was right. It was uh, about the same time I worked for a large company that was in, um, got acquired and acquired and acquired, ended up being an international firm. And then when the U.S. economy went down, um, you know, there was definitely negative changes in the environment. And I said, peace out and went for another, worked for another company, which um, you know, not to throw anybody under the bus, but was the worst culture ever. And I said, I, I can't handle this. So I started my own consulting firm, got a contract, um, you know, right away with government contractors, kind of got sucked back into corporate America again. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and then I uh, joined, um, I was a partner with a, in a company. Um, there was just a couple of us that were business consultants and I was the HR angle. Um, we have since closed that company and I went on my own. And so it's, it's just me. I'm, I'm the HR lady. I do everything from, you know, there's employee drama to a lot of recruiting actually these days for the companies that are hiring. And then unfortunately during the pandemic, I, I was helping a lot of small companies um, through layoffs. That yeah. must've been really tough. And it, it, was. it was very draining. Is that, would you say that that phase is over at this point or for the most part anyway? I, I actually, I no, I don't think it is. Um, for some companies have bounced back. Um, some other companies, I mean, we see it on the news. I think some of the bigger companies were like, okay, we have this pot of money over here and we're going to, we're going to see what happens and we're not going to let our employees go, go yet. And then, you know, if you're in the United States, coronavirus is still dragging on for many reasons we won't talk about then now the bigger companies that had that pot of money their you know their their safety money are now out of it and starting to um do layoffs um and large international firms right now too are doing doing layoffs it's in the news every day i post about it all the time on linkedin because i don't want people to think oh we're out of this because we're not we're not at all out of this um but i think a lot of the small companies probably the ones that you guys deal with that score too, they act it um, quickly because they don't have this pot of money sitting around to, oh, if we have no work, I'm going to be able to pay my employees for a month. They're like, no, we're done. And um, yeah, so there's unfortunately still a lot of unemployed out okay. there. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to talk about this and a whole lot more when we come back after the break. Once again, we're speaking today with Wendy Sellers. She is the HR lady. And when we come back, we'll tell you how you can get a hold of her and take advantage of her services. Once again, you are listening to What's the Score? We would like you to go to orlando.score.org and sign up for the newsletter there. That's one of the best ways to take advantage of everything they have to offer at SCORE. It really get, opens the door for you. So we'll be right back with more of What's the Score? Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? Once again, this is the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination and execute it to perfection. And yes, we have Mr. Perfect Rich Jekyll in, in with us today, along with Lucy Polito, great volunteers at SCORE. I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show. Our guest today, Wendy Sellers, and she is the HR lady. And you better not steal that because she's got it. She's got it copyrighted. <laughs> so, Trademarked and everything. Smart. Yep. Exactly. Very smart to do. I mean, that's your brand now. So, Wendy, we were just talking about how there these, and I, I think I saw in the paper the other day where I think it was a, a large hotel organization uh, did what you just were talking about in the prior segment. They had furloughed their workers, and, and then the other day they finally just laid them off because the travel business just is not back yet. Even though the airline business seems to be picking up, it's still, you know, the hotels are still for the most part empty. Uh, and, but the smaller companies, 
it's partly by choice, but mostly by necessity, they did it early on in this. And now they're, I take it from that, our best position as we recover? You know, I think so. I mean, we all know on the call here that uh, America runs on small business, right? Yeah. And so the, the good thing is, um, yeah, the good and the bad, I mean, there's a lot of companies out there if they're busy, they're going to be rehiring. And so I'll give you an example. I have clients in the manufacturing industry. I have clients in the healthcare industry. They, for the most part, depending on what they were manufacturing, they actually hired during COVID um, versus laying off. And then the, the, where we're at right now, and I'm right after this call, actually, I think I'm on a uh, presentation as a guest, whew. <laughs> but about reskilling and upskilling our, our people so that we could take people from the industries that are not hiring and reskill and upskill them to the industries that are. And this is even before COVID, right? And so, but it's a hard, it's a very hard switch. And so we're going to have to, as a uh, community, put our, put muscle into it. And that means money and time to train people from one industry to another bring our business back from um, outside the United States and then get all these people that may not have a job for the very long time into the industries that are hiring. By the way, how can people get a hold of you? You know, what's your website? Sure. It's the HR lady.com. All right, very easy. <laughs> very easy. And um, you know, LinkedIn as well. So there, I'm on every social media, but LinkedIn is, one of the best ways to get a hold of me as well. I'm on there all the time, and you can message me right through there, too. Okay, excellent. So thehrlady.com. Now, you said that um, uh, the larger organizations, are they downsizing, or do you foresee uh, something maybe worse than that? Like, like and we know that, that a number of small businesses have had to close their doors permanently. Do you see that with, yeah. say, some of the bigger hotel chains, or do you think that they're well-prepared to ride it out with a skeleton staff, shall we say? I don't know. I mean, I just drove by um, at lunch. I had to run out to an appointment and I drove by a restaurant that was um, clearly shut and it's a chain. And, you know, I live up by the villages. It's pretty populated up here. So I was like, uh, wow, I'm surprised that is shut down. Um, so now I need to go drive by the other one to see if that one shuts down. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I think the companies that have, that are international probably are in the best shape because they can, they could shift their clients across the world, right. Or they could shift their monies across the world and, you know, one, uh, country helping the other, but we all know that for tax purposes, they're not really set up that way. So I don't know the answer to that. I mean, everybody handles their, their business, um, you know, differently. If they had an emergency fund, it's probably running out, if not already ran out. Well, now I think, Lucy, why we see a fella wants to start a restaurant in Sanford. He sees these other restaurants closing. He knows that people are still hungry. People are going to be going out to eat. As a matter of fact, you can see now already people are going to restaurants almost in mass. And there's opportunity here, correct? Yes, there is. And, you know, I was speaking to a client who told me that they are probably doing better. This is a restaurant, small restaurant. Uh, and they're telling me that they were they're doing better now than they were before just because they immediately jumped on the idea of delivery and the pickup yep. and their business is just unbelievable. In fact, they've hired a couple of people as a result of it. So, you know, in cases like this, I mean, we're going through a struggle. There's no question about that, <clears throat> but in moments like this, a lot of innovation also takes place. Uh, and I think that's one of the things, you know, that's wonderful about the American public when we have a need for something, we try to find a way to really get better. And so that's what, you know, a lot of the calls that I handle are basically people who are trying something new. That's something that they've never even done before. Uh, the person that I tried to refer to uh, Rich yesterday is somebody who is doing videos and uh, really wanted to know how to set it up and blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm not a techie. So, you know, I referred this to somebody else. But it's wonderful that she thought about these things and she's very, very enthusiastic 
and is probably going to make a go out of it. So it's interesting because that's not really, it was a hobby. It wasn't her business. And now her hobby is turning into possibly a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a very interesting thing. Wendy, are you finding yourself in, in the situation of uh, your clients, you know, HR, your your clients are dealing with their employees where you're also now trying to help the employees? Has, has it morphed into something like that for you? What, what has it meant for your business? Let me put it that way. This this whole COVID thing. I am busy. Um, so I myself pivoted a great deal and was already diversifying. If I didn't have a diversified client list and let's just say I was just in, I don't know, retail, I'd be out of business, right? And so I, it's interesting that you say that because I started drafting a blog last night about pivoting and diversifying and what that, what that means today, but let's keep doing it moving forward. That if you're not agile, like Lucy was just saying, if you're not able to pivot, like you're not going to make it in the world anymore moving forward. You're just not. And unfortunately, it's not, I don't want to say it's not a skill that can be learned, but it's sometimes it's just not in somebody's makeup. So some of these small businesses that just went belly up immediately. They weren't able to pivot, diversify. They didn't have a backup plan. They were probably just, you know, paying the bills as they were getting money in. And let's face it, that's what most uh, companies do. And then they end up closing. So for me, in the beginning with COVID in the beginning, I was figuring out the Families First Coronavirus Act, educating everybody in the world on it, helping employee uh, small companies make sure their employees are safe. And then for the ones that were sick, how to pay them and get the tax credit back from the government. And then unfortunately doing layoffs. And then I switched to, okay, <laughs> manufacturing healthcare is on fire. They, they need, you know, 500 employees. And then there's all issues that come with that because those employees need to come to work and be safe and then um, come in the building safe as well. So they're not infecting other people. So yeah, it's been a lot of pivoting. <laughs> Uh, well, you got to be nimble, right? Uh, it, the whole yeah. idea. Uh, once again, our guest today, Wendy Sellers, she is the HR lady. You can go to the HRlady.com to contact her. By the way, you can go there right now as you're listening to the show, unless you're listening online, the HRlady.com. And the the people who, who were, uh, who, stayed behind because HR is a lot about dealing with the inner office, shall we say, politics, right? The inner office relationships. How did the people who were left behind and still have their jobs, you know, oftentimes they have feelings of guilt and things. Have you had to deal with any of that? Absolutely. And and, um, I was on actually, I'm on this international HR um, group, this panel, and we were just emailing last night, this morning, depending on where they were in the world. And I, we were talking about employee engagement and that how in the beginning of coronavirus, the ones that were left, the engagement went way up because, you know, you're anxious. You don't want to lose your job. You're working from home. You're, you're excited at the same time. Like all these things are going on. Well, now they're like burnt out and they're like, I'm doing four jobs instead of one. And now engagement is going way down. What happens though, if you have nowhere to go, like to go find a new job because your industry is kind of hanging on. You're engaged. I call it you, you quit, but you stay. (laughs) So you quit doing your job, but you do the bare minimum. And so that's not good either. But yeah, there's a, there's um, mental health care costs, calls have gone, you know, skyrocketing. Even with me too, I, I had a call recently. I had a major anxiety attack, just dealing with everybody else's anxiety and so, um, but that it's the big thing in, in HR world right now too, is like, I'm making sure all my clients know where their, their employee assistance program is. If there isn't one, what the free hotlines are, you know, in, in your county or whatever, to make sure employees can get the help because managers are not qualified to give that help. It's really not part of the job description. I mean, people are yeah. doing thing, a lot of things right now that weren't the, necessarily part of the job description 12 months ago. So this is obviously some things that you are helping your clients with. And uh, how, that, how about the, the business owners themselves? How are they coping with all of this? I, I would like to say for the most part, probably the same way as employees. Um, 
the smart business owners though are putting on a happy face like everything's good and they're freaking out at home and <laughs> but i have seen um i don't even want to say owners but senior directors uh crack and they and then as soon as their staff sees that they start freaking out and if there's any job opportunities they're jumping ship and so now because you as an owner didn't train your managers how to, you know, keep it together and the resources take time off. You're losing people because everyone's stressed out, but it's, um, it's been a rough year. <laughs> it's been a rough year. Well, no doubt, no doubt. That's why maybe some of you folks out there listening could use the assistance of Wendy Sellers. Once again, you can go to her website, thehrlady.com, thehrlady.com, and we'll continue the conversation with her here in just a moment. We're coming up on a break, uh, but uh, I would like to remind you to go to orlando.score.org and sign up for the newsletter there and attend these via Zoom or however uh, you can, the the webinars that they're giving now. And once again, they're archived at that website so that you can Bring yourself up to date on some of the things that are more mechanical, perhaps, than what we're talking about today. But you'll also find this show there and things having to do with HR. So these are critical times in terms of dealing with the inner office and uh, employee situation. So thehrlady.com for Wendy Sellers, orlando.score.org for SCORE. And don't forget to like Rich on Facebook. He gets really upset if somebody yeah, doesn't baby. like him. And that's SCORE <laughs> Orlando on Facebook. SCORE Orlando on Facebook. And don't forget the phone number is 407-420-4844 for SCORE. It's 407-420-4844. So stick around because we'll be right back with more of What's the SCORE? Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? I am Christopher Hart, along with great volunteers from SCORE, Rich Jekyll and Lucy Polito. Our guest is with us today, Wendy Sellers. She is the HR lady, and we've been talking about some of the challenges that uh, businesses, large and small and medium-sized, have all had to go through as we've been dealing with this topsy-turvy year, you might say. So, Wendy, uh, earlier you said that you're doing a lot of recruiting you mentioned the healthcare industry and the manufacturing industry. You also mentioned something about reskilling and upskilling people. If you could explain a little bit more what you meant by that and how they can get reskilled or upskilled. I mean, we've all heard about these jobs training programs and things like that. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like I said, I'm actually about to go get on a, a webinar as a guest to get more education on this because. Um, with uh it, we're in florida i don't know where all your listeners are but with florida we do have grants that uh and every state has these the mainly the manufacturing industry but anybody anything that that makes things in florida you can get grants training grants through um florida makes and they could pay for instructors like like myself or whatever you're you know if i was teaching hr or management skills help offset the cost so you can hire people without those skills and then get the grants to help pay for the training. The, and it, the grants are pretty easy to get. The issue is nobody knows about them. So hopefully everybody will now yeah. know about them after this call. And then um, it's time consuming, you know, so you got to hire somebody that doesn't have the skills you want and then put them through a training program while they're working for you. And, you know, a lot of small businesses, again, can't figure out how to do that. Just, Again, contact me. I'll give you the introduction to the people at, at Florida Makes. Um, contact me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty well versed at it, but I am not a, a grant maker, but I am someone that can help figure out how are we going to train people that don't have these skills, but they have the behavior, they have the aptitude, they have the willingness to learn. Rich or Lucy? Yeah, that's good. I was going to ask one of you uh, just whichever speaks up first uh are you see are you handling people coming to score that uh are having trouble finding employees i haven't really, really. i have not encountered that uh yeah. at this point because most of the people that we talk to either already have a business and it's up and going and they want to improve or increase their business and so that's one answer and the other is they're trying to start their own business and 
you know, they're just going to the, for the basics initially. So, and you know, HR, in my mind anyway, I always thought HR was a very important part of any company, whether it's small or large, because if you have the, um, if you have the, your employees back, they're going to help you in circumstances like we are going through. That's very important. And that's one of, the try, one of the things that I try to tell people when they want to start a business. They have to treat their employees right. They have to treat them fairly. They have to train them constantly. Uh, and, of course, the owners themselves, being small businesses, they have to be trained. Because sometimes they know the task. But they don't know how to deal with people. And if you don't know how to deal with people, you are not going to be successful, in my opinion. <laughs> Sometimes oh, yeah. I, I find like most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. The reason I ask that is because uh, I've experienced some people in small businesses, restaurants and service industry. They're saying they're having some trouble hiring people back. Are you hearing well, any of that, Wendy? Well, yeah, here's the reason why is because, uh, well, it's on pause right now in the, in Florida, but it might be coming back. Uh, it's because of the money that the government was giving for unemployment. So yeah. at, the, at the beginning of coronavirus, the government was giving $15 an hour for unemployed plus the Florida rate. So that's, you know, depending on what your taxes are and everything, anywhere 16 to let's just say 20 bucks an hour. And um, in you know, majority in the United States, you know, there's a big fight for a $15 hour minimum wage, but $15 an hour somewhere else would be like, you know, nothing in Florida. It's a huge raise for the individuals in mainly in retail restaurant hospitality um, who lost their job. And so many of them didn't have an incentive to go back. And on top of that, the, the employers themselves, might not have had um, a safe workplace. So they didn't do anything about COVID, even though they were supposed to by law. And so then that went away. And then another one came back that it was instead of being 600, it was 300. And now that went away. And now we're waiting on, I don't know, a miracle to happen for everybody in the government to decide on what's next. (laughs) That would be rich. Did you want to add to that? Yeah. I wanted to say that um, they actually, most of them that I've talked to, that are in that situation that uh, are either spending time at the beach or starting their home business uh, actually got a raise when they got laid off. Oh yeah. Why should they, I mean, logically, and these are again, mainly the uh, restaurant business and hospitality business and that kind of stuff, but why should they go back to work and work twice as hard? Uh, This is their thinking. And for less money than what they're getting if they go to the beach. So, you know, and we've defeated our purpose here uh, by doing this thing, but by giving so much money for being unemployed. And that must be challenging once again for people dealing with HR issues, right, Wendy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I apologize. My uh, Zoom's cutting in and out, so hopefully you could hear me. Really? Um, but yeah, they did. They got a raise because uh, we pay people, uh, pardon my language, but crap, you know? And so if you're paying somebody 10 bucks an hour and they can and they can get 15 to 20 bucks on being on unemployment, not that it's right. Now, now, many people that I know after a month or two of that, they're like, all right, get me back to work. But then there's yep. no jobs to go to. And so it's like this, it's this catch, catch 22, but anybody out there who wants my help, that's an employer. I, you know, I'd be more than happy to help, help you for free. But if you're paying people $10 an hour, just be warned that I'm going to tell you you're part of the problem. (laughs) Well, uh, and and certainly these are strange market forces at work here, but I think that's what you're talking about uh, because of the, you know, the the money injected into the marketplace by the government. It's changing the whole dynamic, I think, is what you're saying here. Exactly. Exactly. Rich. That's exactly what's happening. They are infusing capital to be unemployed. Uh, and that, to me, obviously, I don't know, uh, is incenting these people to stay out. But I think I agree with Wendy in terms of that only lasts for a certain length of time. 
these young people are getting tired of going to the beach every day, some of them. <laughs> and I've heard that side of it, too. You know, I want to go back to work. Show me what I can do or teach me a different skill or do something to make me productive again. But these are young people primarily uh, that need to know something for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and it's interesting, um, you know, it's not just young people. It's people with disabilities. It's people that are um, retired and and working their their second career or third career because um, they didn't have any retirement or so secu- enough social security. But you know, let's just say, even if it, if it was young people, uh, uh, today's generation of younger people, I know you guys have heard me speak on this a long time, you know, they, they listen to what their parents have been through and their grandparents and then what we're going through right now. And they're like, why, why should I go and give my heart and soul for this company when they're gonna drop me in a hot, you know, a hot minute um, and not think twice about me, kind of like what Lucy said, if, if you're not, if you're not thinking about your people, then you're not going to have them. So the, the world has just changed. And um, the folks that are on unemployment now in Florida are only getting, if they're lucky, 250 a week, maybe 275. And that's not enough to put food on the table and rent in, this, in Florida, definitely not. Um, so we have a, you know, a large amount of people that are unemployed and, and are going to remain so for a long period of time because they're in theme park, restaurant, maybe not even restaurant, that's starting to make a comeback, but definitely hospitality, entertainment, hotel, which is a good bulk of, of Florida. And so how do we, how do we switch them into the other industries mm-hmm. and take care of them in the meantime, and then get other people jobs? So it's, it's, uh, this this has been my statement for the year. A hot mess. <laughs> okay, Lucy, Lucy. Well, you know, another issue is <clears throat> people, especially younger folks, you know, a lot of them are college folks. And uh, they also have been relieved of whatever task. And what this tells us is one of the problems we really have is we don't have enough people who know trades, uh, you know, things like air conditioning or repairing whatever. I have a very difficult, I I have a couple of properties. I have a very difficult time sometimes trying to find somebody. I I have one person that I've been trying to get a hold of. Actually, I have two people, one for a roof and one for a leak in one of the places. I cannot find them. And my regular people are up to their head with work because they are actually out there doing what a lot of other people cannot do and I'm thinking, gosh, there are jobs. I mean, yes, technology is going to take over a lot of stuff, but there are some trades. I mean, air conditioning is an example. That's something you can work at anywhere in the world because everybody needs air or heat. And, you know, that's a perfect example of, of a trade that's that, that's going to be here forever. And that's yeah. needed. Yeah, it could be automotive. You know, it could be home. It could be a whole bunch of things. Sure. Uh, so people really, I mean, younger people really need to think about that. And some of those folks, I mean, and an electrician, my gosh, they make more money than some of the executives around the country. <laughs> Wendy, yeah. got about a minute. You want to comment on that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know we're going to talk about unconscious bias a little bit, and I put wrote down some words that you guys said, so you're all in trouble. Um, <laughs> but no, but it's true. Uh, you know, I mentioned again about Florida makes and grants, and so you can. Get, I really encourage you guys to get them on your show and talk to you, uh, all the people that are listening that the the people themselves can get training, and then the companies can get training to exactly what Lucy was saying of get them back into the trades, and because. If I had to do it over, I wouldn't have went to college three times. There's no way in heck. Okay. Uh, once again, we're speaking with Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. You can go to the HRlady.com to take uh, advantage of her services, the HRlady.com. And once again, we'd like you also to go to Orlando.score.org and sign up for the SCORE newsletter. That's Orlando.score.org. And the phone number for SCORE is 407-420-4844, 407-420-4844. And, yes, when we come back, 
We're going to talk about a whole nother challenge uh, that businesses are having to deal with these days. And uh, Wendy Sellers is going to tell us a little bit about that and what you can do to protect yourself. Once again, you are listening to What's the Score? We appreciate that. And thanks for telling your friends and family about the show. The audience really has grown. So we will be right back with more of What's the Score? Okay, welcome back to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination. And boy, we have the winning combination today, and that is Wendy Sellers, the HR lady, our guest, Rich Jekyll and Lucy Polito, great volunteers at SCORE, and I am Christopher Hart. And this is radio that you're listening to, ladies and gentlemen, and it is still the most, if not the most, certainly one of the most effective ways to get your message to a mass audience and do it efficiently and cost-effectively. And the man to talk to is Bill Files. He's the station manager here at Salem Media Group Orlando. Great stations, AM and FM signals, and powerful signals waiting for you to take advantage of. And ladies and gentlemen, you can get your message to folks in your voice, or you can use the voices here at the station. But the main thing is to take advantage of it, because this is the perfect time, especially if you're starting a new business, to get your brand, your message out there, and this is a perfect way to do it. And now with Salem Surround, they can also help you with the social media platforms. So give Bill a call if you would, 407-618-1760, and thank him for this show while you're at it, because uh, it's because of him and all the great folks here that make the show possible. Literally, all we have to do is walk in, sit down, and start talking. And that's what you can do too, ladies and gentlemen. Take advantage of radio. Rich, I see you pointing at me. Yeah, were you pointing at me? Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Chris, has anybody ever called in and asked to use my voice? (laughs) Well, we'll we'll have to talk about that off air. Okay. (laughs) We better break to Wendy. (laughs) All right. Wendy Sellers. Uh, These are... I think we're going to get reamed here. Well, these are strange times. Uh, because not only are we having to deal with a pandemic, but we're also having to deal with social issues. And these have found their way directly into the workplace. So tell us, what is unconscious bias, and how do you recognize it, and what do you do about it? Well, sure. I don't like this. <laughs> so back, Rich, unconscious talk bias, about you. you know, it's, it's basically what it sounds like. It's in your unconscious, so you don't, you're not, you're not intentionally... Uh, projecting bias on somebody. It's also known as implicit bias, but it's underlying like attitudes or stereotypes that we have in our brain that we have to consciously and and really work hard at to overcome. Uh, This matters in all areas of life, but let's talk about, you know, employment. Uh, We want to make sure that all our managers, especially hiring managers, are make, they understand that they're not being unconsciously biased. So what are, I'll give you some examples. And how does this affect today, 2020? The big thing today in 2020 is diversity and inclusion. And so making sure that we you have a diverse workplace by look, and then also not just that they're there, but that they're actually included as well. Well, you can only do that if you remove unconscious bias and allow these folks that traditionally um, get treated negatively because of our unconscious thoughts, we need to we need to push push them aside. Train managers. Um, I have easy ways to do it. Like you don't don't even sometimes just the process can take out in unconscious bias. So like I have a process of interviewing that there's it's a scorecard. So it takes away what they look like if they have a disability, if their age is just like can they do these functions and did they pass these questions that we have all come up with. And so when you take the scorecard out, it takes away the fact that it's somebody's brother or somebody's relative or they look just like that person or they sound just like that person or, or something like that. Does that make sense? You're beginning to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to. I get the feeling we did something. <laughs> <laughs> you did, but it, but it's it's, it's not I great. Mean, Lucy, but Lucy did it. Yeah, you, you both did actually. So, um, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> but it's good because now you're going to think about it, right? Now you're going to think about it. So, um, you know, in the beginning of the show, you you were uh, Rich, you were thanking um, the ladies in the office, right? And right. so it it may just happen to be that there's ladies in the administrative office, but 
many people, especially older in generation, say, oh, ladies belong in the office and doing the clerical stuff. And so we have to, when we're interviewing, if you were doing the interview, and I'm not saying you would do this, but maybe you'd only look at resumes that had female names on it, where if you take the names off or you have somebody else look, you're like, I, I don't need to look for a female. I need to look for a person who has these capabilities and can do this job. Does that make sense? No, because the <laughs> existing people are ladies. So what I do understand. I call them? So I understand now. Uh, also, we don't have, we could be here for hours, but we don't have time to deal with all this right now is um, <laughs> they may be, uh, uh, you know, legally a lady, but they may not go by that. So, you know, there's all those, the gender bias and the stereotypes. And, you know, um, if somebody is a transgender and things like that. So again, we definitely don't have enough time to go into that in like the nine minutes that I have left. <laughs> no, we don't want to be. <laughs> so, but there's, there's, you know, there's age, um, age bias, there's gender bias. Um, you know, we, I see another thing that I see is people are like, well, I want somebody with 20 years experience. And it's, it's something that says, well, that skill, once you get to eight years, you can't improve on it. So why aren't we looking for somebody with eight years experience? Well, because I really want somebody my age. Okay, well, that's illegal. And it's not only unfair, it's illegal. And then I see the opposite a lot, which is I want a younger person. I don't want an older person. Well, you know, everybody's getting living longer and longer. The days of working only to 60 are, are gone, especially that we don't have, you know, uh, company retirement plans. And so um, that are, that are fed by the company. So many people are going to be working to 80 and might live till a hundred. So it's, it's this whole, you know, <laughs> Lucy's like, no, please don't tell me that. So it's this whole thing of, you know, you got to get out of the age and get into the skills. Um, so that's, that's two things there that we talked about on the show is age and then, you know, younger people. And then we also, with the younger, younger people, we say, oh, younger people want this or younger people want that. I, I've spent years doing generational training and I literally was just thinking about it the same this morning. And I was just like, you know, who cares? Why don't you ask the person what they want? You know, like we do all this training on generations and age and culture. You know what? Why don't we just ask this person, what's the problem? What can I help you with? Instead of making assumptions, we know what assumptions stand for. And so we get ourselves in trouble. Our guest, Wendy Sellers, the HR lady, the HR lady.com is where you can find out more about what she's up to and maybe about that. Now, there are laws involved here as well. I heard you just mention. Yeah, absolutely. So most people think that you cannot discriminate it. You can only not discriminate against over 40. So age of 40. But there's actually a Florida law that you can't discriminate against any age. And so every state has their own, own law, but why are you talking about age in an interview process? Why are you talking about age in a review process? Why are you talking about age in a, in a promotion process? Did you do the job I hired you for? Did you meet the minimum requirements or did you exceed it? Okay, here's your raise. If you didn't, bye, see you later. Um, or here's your performance improvement plan. But there's a lot of, you know, anything that's related to, um, uh, the, the EOC requirements, so age, disability, genetics, um, uh, gender, you know, things like that. There's a whole list that you cannot make decisions based off of. But most of the time when we do, it's in our unconscious mind. I, I rarely get managers say, yes, I intentionally did that. They're like, I had no idea. <laughs> Rich. Good. Rich. Hey, Wendy. What, are you done there, Wendy? Oh, I could talk about this for hours, but go ahead. Okay. I'll give you a minute. <laughs> All right. We'll give me a minute then. Um, what about the situations in a management uh, 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 perspective where you have to make judgment calls that are based on the manager's judgment? Like uh, you're not performing up to standards and that kind of stuff. How do we measure that even anymore when um, – like you're bringing out these these blanket issues that uh, here's how you interview now, and it's a uh, you know check the boxes and that type of stuff. 
where does judgment come in? So it's a, it's a, yeah, it does. It absolutely does. But, the, you know, let's face it. Most managers are promoted and they've never been trained. They're like, you've been here long enough. You haven't quit yet. We're going to promote you. Good luck. And now we're mad well, at you that you don't know. Stop talking about me and talk about <laughs> the real world. <laughs> so here's an easy way to transfer, uh, to connect hiring to performance reviews all the way through, through termination or, or retirement. Um, is you create a job description, you update it every year, every time something changes, create a job description. It has all the tasks of what they're going to do. It also has on there the metrics of what makes each task successful. So you have to do make five widgets an hour. Oops, you've only made three. You're not doing well. It kind of takes out the judgment, right? And then you yeah. also, you put in the job description, the company values, which are usually things like respect and trust and communication. And then you measure them too. When you put that in the job description and the job ad, you ask questions off of all of those in the interview, and then you use the same exact interview for performance reviews, for you know conversations, all the way to things aren't going well, we're going to have to let you go, or you know hopefully through retirement would really be the ideal solution. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I see what you're. I see what you're saying, but I still think that there's a matter of judgment and that's what you're paid for to be a manager is to really evaluate for, for instance how do you put in there that how do you get along with other people or your co-workers or uh how do you get along with me that shouldn't count right no it absolutely should but that's in the behavior section of the job description and the review communication um there have been three issues in the past month and here, here they are. We're going to talk about them. But usually oh. what happens is we say, oh, well, we think there's been three issues. Well, can you give me examples? No, you, people just don't like you. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? Because, you know, seriously. I hear that a say, lot. Well, and they could say people don't like you. Well, why? Well, because right. of unconscious bias, because of the color of your skin, because of your age, because where you grew up, because your language barrier, because your disability. And the manager usually isn't going to know all that but they just know that these people over here who are practicing unconscious bias don't like this person. And now we're saying we want them out. Okay. Well, I want facts. All right. And if you have facts, then you're not going to get sued. <laughs> all right. Well, that's the best advice of all. And the, 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 as you can see though, this is takes a, a bit of expertise to be able to navigate the, this new environment. And that's why you need somebody like Wendy Sellers. Uh, to help you out. Once again, she is the HR lady. You can go to the hrlady.com to contact her or the HR lady on LinkedIn. Well, Wendy, once again, it's been a pleasure and fascinating talking with you. And uh, we'll try not to practice any more unconscious bias around here. I'll keep an eye on Rich How and Lucy will keep an I eye don't on even me. Know. <laughs> You're going to know now. You're going to know now. You're going to stop and go, oh, geez. Oops, what did I say? Somebody so, call Wendy. Well, right. thanks for having me. Again, anybody who needs any help, um, I'm available. Just contact okay. me. And All right. Well, thank you very much. In the right direction. All right. And we'll t- see you next week with more of What's the Score?